Hello everyone, my name is Rick, Rick Van Bruggen from NEO, and uh, here I am again recording a Neo4j Graph database podcast, and my guest today is all the way in the UK, Jesus. Uh, hi Jesus. Hi Rick, how are you? Hey, uh, I'm always scared of pronouncing your way in the, uh, your name in the wrong way, I'm sorry. You did great, you did great. <laughs> <laughs> I've met much worse than that, so that's, that was brilliant. Okay, well, Jesus, you just joined uh, NEO a couple of months ago uh, exactly. as, a, as a pre-sales engineer. Uh, but you have a long-standing history with uh, with graphs. You even did a PhD on the subject, uh, if I'm not mistaken, right? That's correct. Yeah, it all started, you know, probably more than ten, nearly fifteen years ago. So quite a while, yeah. Yeah. And and you're right. Yeah, it, it's all all started in the in the semantic technology space, in the RDF space. So that was the first time I was exposed to modeling uh, data as as graphs and. And yeah, there's been a, a long story. After the PhD, I did work for a for a company in London called Ontology, where we did use graphs to to basically solve problems, help companies in the mostly in the telecommunications sector. Uh-huh. And uh, and yeah, and as you say, two months ago, I, I joined the the field engineering team in, in the London office. That's super. Well, so, what was your PhD about exactly then? Was... Well, at, at the time, I mean, I I did model. I mean, I formalize a way of, of translating uh, relational schemas into ontologies. Ontologies is, is the, the way you represent metadata in the RDF model. Yeah. I don't know if you'll have time, we will have time to talk about that, but yeah, essentially it's a kind of an, an automated mapping between uh, between uh, relational schemas and, and ontologies. That's what I... What There's a lot of people looking at that, I think, still today. I mean, I, hear, I get that question oh, yeah. quite often, yeah. Absolutely. So another question, I mean, for your because you you've been working so long in the RDF world, you know, what's what's kind of like the difference between the RDF uh, semantic technology space and you know the property graph model of Neo4j? You know, what's like the key difference for you? Right. Well, the, I'd say you can answer this question from two perspectives because obviously RDF is is a as you say is a, is a model is a, is a representation paradigm. Then then there's the the different implementations, the triple stores that you can find in the market, but as a as a model, uh, I think well the the, the main default and the main thing they have in common is the fact that they both represent data represent data as a graph, and that's, yeah. that's that makes them very very close to each other. The difference I would say is that uh, RDF is as simple as it can be. It's only based on the notion of well URIs to identify uh, resources or nodes if you want to establish the the, the the parallelism with the property graph. But then there's just this element called the triple. Yes, the, yeah. the subject predicate object and that's all the construct that you have to 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 model your domain so uh and and of course that 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 i think that that's the biggest difference because in in the property graph a model you have of course you have nodes with the with their um <clears throat> properties you have relationship with the properties and they have this brilliant thing that that's this whiteboard friendliness right yeah. this 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 Excellent thing. That's the way you you conceive it, the way you model it in your in your head, in your whiteboard, is exactly the model, the, the way it's represented and, and stored physically. Whereas in RDF, there's still this sort of gap where you have to translate that into triples. Things that uh, sound, may sound simple, like you know, giving a weight to a relationship. So there's a connection between between Rick and Jesus because we work together, but you want to give a weight to this, to this relationship. Well, yeah. that's something that's completely natural in, in the property graph, but it's not something you can do directly on a triple. So you have to model this relationship probably as, a, as an intermediate resource. I mean, it's more of a, you know, there's, there's, there's a bit of a gap 
And I think that that makes it sometimes less intuitive, sometimes a bit less humane, if you want. So that that's that's the difference. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I actually, that was sort of what I was hoping you would say because I, yeah. I, I've always been sort of told that the um, that the, the difference is really on the predicate. You know, the the fact that you it's so difficult to qualify a predicate in the RDF model. That's exactly um, yeah, yeah. That's and. Yeah, the, 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 then there are other interesting things in RDF, you know, the whole idea of being able to, to use the, the, the model itself to represent the metadata, the ontology, and, and that gives you, in, in certain cases, some, some you know, interesting powerful things that you can do, like querying both the data and the metadata at the same time. So, but I would say that the, the biggest thing is, is more what they have in common, and is the fact that they look at, at data as a, as a graph, as, as yeah. you know, a set of connected Notes rather than, what, yeah. attr- what attracted you to the graph uh, in the first place? You know, why did you get into this field in the first place? If I may ask. Well, yeah, sure. I think I think there, there, there's there's two things. One one was this this uh, incredible flexibility. I mean, at the time when I when I started, we didn't talk about NoSQL. That's a concept that was coined later. Yeah. But this idea of being able to start storing data without having to model it up front, I thought that was brilliant. And, and, and that gives you an incredible flexibility, this thing of, of you know, schema-less model or at least implicit schema, depends on, well, on, on how you uh, talk about it. But uh, this flexibility was one of the things. And, and the other one, the, I'd say the possibility of, of, of inferring new knowledge, basically, based on, on the information on your graph, you identify patterns and you can enrich your graph with new, with new, new knowledge based on, on, the, on the data elements that you have. Yeah. So I think probably these two things were what attracted me to this to this world and I think that I'm unbelievable unbelievably uh, useful and, and, and powerful. What's well you know after a couple of months at Neo, you know, what what's what what do you think is the most interesting use case that you've seen so far? You know, any anything that jumps out? Sure. Well the I I am amazed by the well the the thing is is the 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 great thing about Neo is how you can use and, and, and update your graph in real time, at what speed you can you can not only read it and query it, but also keep it up to date. And and how it's possible to identify, you know, fraud rings, for example, is one of the cases that that I that I like the most. You know, being able to pick up uh, the the status of your of you know of of your accounts, your users, the, the, their information, the transactions that they're carrying out, and at the same time, be able to 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 pick up, detect the patterns that identify a fraud ring is is one of the the ones that I'm, I'm you know, enjoy the most. And do that in real time, you mean? Exactly, right? the real yeah. time is is the key thing there, and, and and that's that's pretty impressive. Yeah, it's not it's not like you know what my experience uh, a couple of weeks ago with my Amex card. You know, I, I get a fraudulent transaction on Friday and I get a call on Monday. Oh, yeah, <laughs> just in time, right? <laughs> just in time, it didn't really work. Um, Oh, very cool. So, so where do you see this going, Jesus? You know, you know, what's where? Where's the industry taking us? You think? Well, I think the adoption is is growing. I mean, we it's amazing the the, the number of different organizations and companies that we talk to. I mean, it, I can't think of a single vertical, a single you know sector that would that would not benefit from from uh, scenarios where modeling data as a, as a graph adds adds incredible value. So, I think adoption will will definitely grow and and. And that's 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 one of the things. And then the other one that I, I, I think is going to be key as well is, is about integrating the graph with the rest of the data architecture. I mean, there, these days there are so many alternatives to represent data, and some of them, you know, adequate for certain scenarios. I'm I'm, I'm all for you know peaceful coexistence with with other other approaches. So integration, I think, is going to be the other important one. And I think being able to to expose the graph in in, in ways that make it 
easy to interoperate with other stores. Sometimes not all the information is going to be in your graph, but the, the, the extremely valuable information in your graph will need to be combined with some external information. That's one case. Or you will want to visualize it in different ways using BI tools. Well, you name it. I mean, there, there's so many elements now in the in data architectures that integration, I think, is going to be the other, the other important aspect that we will see yeah, developing yeah. in the next few years. There was one thing I wanted to ask you, and obviously forgot. I'm so good at this uh, podcasting <laughs> thing. Um, is actually you you've done a lot of work on on virtualization of of data, right? And and, and that yeah. sort of integrate and that sort of links to that integration story, I suppose. You know exactly, exactly. Yeah. That's uh, actually the, the I, I did work for in the data integration space with data virtualization company in in the couple of years between Ontology and Neo. And yes, that that. Uh, that you know, I'm particularly interested in that, and 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 it's a way of of integration, data virtualization that's based on on this idea of of wrapping the sources in in make them look as as if they were relational, even though even though they're not. So you don't you're not copying the data into centralized storage. You leave the data what it is, and you you kind of define the logic to to extract it and combine it. And I think that was a that was a powerful paradigm for for um, sort of. Uh, new uh, ways of representing data, like like the graph, and 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 make it easy to integrate them with other other technologies and other types of stores. And yes, that's that's uh, so. In a, in a case like that, the Neo four J would be one of the sources of virtualization. Is that what I'm what I'm? That's correct. Oh, okay. one, one essential one. That's that's the thing because the 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 the, the importance in the end is is what what value is in in, in your source. I mean. Yeah. Neo can be perfectly the, the, for example, in an MDM scenario, it can be the core, it can be your master model, yeah. and then you can link it with the different uh, rest of, of the elements that provide the detailed information about the entities. But exactly, it would be one of the sources, and, and, and the data virtualization will expose it in a, in a way that's easily consumable by, by, say, for example, BI tools in analytics scenarios or, you know, that's that's one of the. Uh, uh, are there any examples of that yet? You know, like open source virtualization tools that integrate with Neo. Well, Neo? There are, there's not much to be honest. Uh, there's a uh, there's one um, uh, quite limited uh, community edition of, of one of the vendors called Denoda, which is the one I used to work for. Oh, yeah. There's another one from from JBoss, but it's I have to say there's not much uh, publicly available in there. I mean, JBoss would be the, the obvious option. I'm I'm actually now trying to. To work a little bit with it and, and try to build some some sample integrations with Neo, and yeah, that's um, that's what you can find. I think this is like kind of like a community community call for help. You know, it's a we yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll definitely hope to be publishing something soon, or at least on some ideas or some small examples that can you know inspire people to 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 look at these. That would be great. Cool. I think we're going to wrap up here. Uh, we, we, yep. we like to keep these podcasts quite uh, short and snappy. But um, thanks a lot for sharing your perspective. I think that was uh, very interesting, although you know, because of my uh, limited presentation skills, a little bit chaotic. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <Fine>. <laughs> no, it was great. Great to have this chat with you, Rick. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. And I'll, I'll see you soon, yeah? Lovely. Cheers. Cheers. Bye. Bye now.